to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. I'm Larry Monkey. You can find me on Twitter at FFLarryMonkey, and I'm joined by Justin Rogers, and you can find him at RunDFF. What's up, my man? What's going on? Another lovely day. I mean, really, it's a, a wonderful day, a fabulous day. It's a delightful day, if you would uh, say. I see where you're going with this, man. <laughs> Let's bring in a delightful guest, Chris Stoops. Stoops from the Debbie Delight. What's up, my man? Not much. I gotta say, y'all's a little beginning there. It's exciting. It, it just <laughs> like, it gets you pumped up. Like I love it. Yeah, I baby. Oh man, this is a big like week because the Senior Bowl just happened, mm-hmm. and you know if you listen to the latest episode of the Devi Delight, the guys like they prep you to watch the Senior Bowl almost, right? Yes, yeah, so we went to the Senior Bowl last year. We could have obviously gone this year, but obviously given everything, we decided to just kind of keep it virtual. It was kind of you know just that time of the year, getting everybody prepped for it. Yeah, the game, the practices, and so on, but it's just fun, right, to see these guys especially the smaller school guys that, that maybe didn't get the, you know, TV time or anything like that to go out there against, you know, power five opponents and stuff like that. So it was kind of a combination of, you know, getting everybody ready for the week or the game, I should say. But even then the game itself isn't really that important uh, of an aspect because they might get a quarter play. They might get, you know, a half that, you know, uh, right. just depends on, on injuries, but the practices are definitely where, where people do most of their uh, film watching or their their critiquing of guys so it's kind of a combination of everything but really just there was a couple guys obviously we were super excited to watch and they performed as we expected and some did better than we expected so right would you say that this year the senior bowl was probably more important than other years since teams can't get a hold of players personally they don't have the same access it, it definitely is and and i think that's why some of some of the guys that went like a Mac Jones, like a Najee right. Harris for sure, like Devontae Smith, guys like that that didn't really need to go. Mac Jones, maybe, right? Maybe he needed to go for whatever reasons because we only saw him for essentially the one he did phenomenal. But like Najee Harris and Smith, like they don't need to go to these kinds of things. But I think the fact that it's really the only time outside of pro days, um, assuming even those can still go on or will go on, I think they are, but. It was more important, I think, than than years prior. Yeah, I figured when the Bama guys showed up that it was a lot about being able to sit down with people and and actually talk to teams and stuff like that. There, you know, I know that their agents, especially Najee's agent, didn't want him on the field. Mm-hmm. But I think it was probably one of those. Hey, why don't you go down there, do some practices? I'd rather you not, but at least talk mm-hmm. to the teams and sit down and you know tell them explain to them you know how you feel about this and why you're so passionate or whatever because that's what teams like to hear anyway yeah for sure it's it's any chance you can get to in person especially you know meet these organizations right you got to take that chance and i even you know on on some of the um footage i watched live whenever it was on espnu Najee was in there getting a few runs in but like he he didn't do much in practice again. He doesn't have to. He was dealing with an ankle thing. So it was definitely more to meet with teams and just talk right. with guys for sure. Now, when you're evaluating, what more do you need to see at this point in the process? I mean, is the combine that urgent for you in the pro days or is that just like, eh, you know, whatever? Yeah, for me, I, I'm pretty much where I am on the guys. Um, to me, the gameplay is is more important than I think like the combine. The combine for me, it's it's not like reassuring you know, situation, but at the same time, it, it kind of says, okay, yep, he has speed on the field. We now see it's 
even quicker when he doesn't have pads on. So therefore it kind of translate to me, the combine it, the underwear Olympics, as they call it, you know, it's it's not going to change much for me. I'm not going to move a guy up 10 slots just because he ran a four, three, whatever, which that's great, you know, but at the same time, if he ran a four, three, but he only had, let's call it 22 receptions and 200 yards on the year, you know, it's the speed is what it is. Then he's just Henry Ruggs. That's fine. If anybody who's listened, like Ricky and I, we were not Henry Ruggs fans. You know, yes, he's right. fast, but we did. Yeah, you can go. He ran out and fan of, ran a fast forty, but it I'm didn't change how I felt about him. I'm still a Henry Ruggs hater, so yeah, yeah. fast doesn't always equate to NFL football playing ability. Exactly, so. like it didn't even really equate to college football. Now, getting back to the Senior Bowl, and I had put this in in our loose agenda, uh, some players that kind of popped whether it was during practice or during the game there was one guy and i and justin's like you know you spelled his name wrong and i'm like what what are you talking about he's like felton Dimitri felton and i was like oh wait let me i don't even remember i did spell it wrong in the chat i think it was an autocorrect because when i i re-spelled the name it Demetrius was one of the options. So how high was Larry when he was writing it on the thing that he didn't know. Even know which which way he had tried to spell it in the first place? <laughs> it could have been autocorrect. I don't know what I was writing. Yeah. Dude, let me tell you, man. Just to I've been shoveling. We got like two feet of snow, man, which doesn't happen that often. I mean, we're talking. Usually, we get hit maybe once a year, once every other year with like a big one. But this one was like. Oh. Like I was shoveling snow for a solid cumulatively eight hours. That's a big problem for you down there in San Antonio, isn't it? (laughs) You know, I think I've seen two. So I used to live up in Washington state, so I've definitely experienced snow. But down here, um, I think we saw snow probably three years ago and it was just enough to build about a two foot tall snowman (laughs) and it was melted by the next morning. Right. So, so this is funny. Yeah, no. It's warm here in Mississippi, but damn it, it's going to be 81 degrees in San Antonio on Thursday. Yeah. Oh, 81 degrees. <laughs> Dude, if you looked at it outside right now, you'd think you're in fucking some other planet. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. So I've been show- last night. I was like, I couldn't even move my body. Like, I can't. I thought it was 11:30 in the morning. I, I figured I was out there a few hours. I come back in. It's 1:30 in the afternoon. I'm like, holy shit! I've been like out there for five hours. So then I like can't even move my body last night. And then this morning I was like, boom, let's hit it again because the because the plows came in and just plowed through. There was another there was another like four inches on the ground fell overnight. So I just went out there and banged it out. Oh, my body's still like, Ugh. yeah, man. So I definitely I definitely baked. Uh, before the show so that's why there'll be a few hiccups here or there uh, before it starts smoothing out but yeah man fucking two feet of snow jesus yeah that's rough that's rough. about two feet too much for me if you press any part of my body it fucking hurts two feet on the ground is great it's when you only get like eight or ten inches because at least you can go do something you can go sledding skiing etc we have we'll have that option for a solid week after this because it's the temperature is not getting any any warmer so yeah. that was the initial excuse as to why i could have spelled Dimitri felton's name wrong no one's ever well i never really had heard of him before i mean stoops have you have you has this guy crossed your paths at all no he didn't um 
it, he definitely became the talk when they, you know, when he moved to the wide receiver position because he was playing running back at uh, at UCLA. So he was definitely the talk of it. But uh, no, I'll be honest, he wasn't someone that I was grinding the film on and looking at his numbers and just like you've got to watch this guy. And you know, he's just one that essentially, I guess you could say, slipped through the cracks. But yeah. no, he definitely wasn't someone I was. Is that one of the points of the Senior Bowl is to bring like guys like that out of the woodwork? Yeah. So I know that when I was down there, there there's certain guys like that we you know in the Debbie community are higher on and we're just like man you got to watch this guy but they may not get the invite and what I found out is if there's not much or any NFL buzz to them they typically won't get the invite now that's not always the case right but there's got to be someone on the NFL side that likes Felton um, he's got to have some good buzz to him so he gets the invite so it is definitely it's an all-star game as they call it but at the same time it's definitely a way for them to showcase right what right, they yeah. can do on the field so there's got to be some sort of NFL buzz to him now does that mean fourth round no probably not but even if he's you know late fifth sixth seventh round whatever like there's still buzz to him there's still that opportunity so he definitely went out and showcased what he can do that's for sure now in in your opinion who was who was the best skill position player i mean these are guys that we'll, we're going to be like looking at hard in the next couple months and we'll mm-hmm. be drafting on our own teams. Was there anybody that's that you saw that popped for you that or maybe you just reiterated what you already knew or? Yeah, for me, Amari Rogers is the guy that that really stood out on the, on the film. It just seemed like even if he didn't get the ball, like he was open, right? He was just making people miss. He was he was getting off the line fast, making defenders look crazy, but he was just catching everything. Another guy that, again, I had not watched much of, um, or really any of, Cade Johnson. Um, he was another guy that really stood out. I liked him. He had a phenomenal one-handed catch. I mean, the guy was just grabbing his shoulder pads, and he just one-handed left hand caught it, ran it in for the touchdown. It was in one of the practices. But overall, right. Amari Rogers was definitely the guy that really stood out to me. Do you feel like he is going to climb into a relevant place in the draft? Is he a day two guy? I think he should be. He showed this year throughout the season that he's definitely one of the guys to really be watching and keep an eye on. So I think he can make that move. And I think there's going to be a team out there that that likes his abilities and, and will fit their scheme. So I think he's one that can definitely jump up, continue to rise. He helped himself big time. I really do think that. And I also don't think he was a late round guy, um, you know, like the sixth, seventh round. Like I thought he was already earlier than that. But I think he massively helps himself this week for sure. You know, usually you find that seniors are getting up there in age, but he's still only a Mm 21-year-old, four-year player at Clemson. So uh, at least there's not that stigma against him that we're going to see from other guys. Dwayne Eskridge is one of those guys. I watched a little bit of him. He wasn't one that really stood off the tape for me. Now he wasn't one that really stood up, but I know he had a lot of buzz to him. Um, a lot of people were talking about him. One of the the more well-known Devi analysts out there had said like, oh, watch this guy. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked if he was, you know, someone to keep an eye on. And of course, from there, it just took off and people right. you know, bit on that and kept going with it. He is a great talent. I will say that because I've gone back and watched a little bit of his previous footage. As far as at the senior bowl, he kind of just, to me, kind of seemed he fit in just like as one of the guys. Okay. Nice. Now, uh, does he- age factor in your any of your evaluations not not really i'm not a wide receiver anyway not a wide receiver it's one thing if you know a wide receiver and for however possible comes out in their 26 27 already like if they're already up in age like that if if it's a byu senior exactly exactly (laughs) so if it's someone like that then sure right 
But when you think about it from the wide receiver position, like having a solid career um, for what, let's call it five to seven years, right? You know, sometimes longer, obviously, even, you know, 24 years old, he comes out, right? He's still got at least, I'd say five to six years. And he's, we've seen receivers really hit their peak, what, 26, 27 years old. Now, of course, he's coming in older than some of these other guys, but at a wide, wide receiver position, I don't look at age much. I don't think it affects or it doesn't affect my, you know, grading much at all. Obviously, if they're younger, that's most ideal. When we're playing Dynasty, for sure, it's like you're playing the long term game where you're trying to win now anyway, but it's, you know, you've got some time, right? So you don't have to worry about someone coming in at 24, 23 years old, whatever it may be. And, and I need it now. So you made the distinction that you don't, you don't really factor age in for wide receivers. Does that mean you do for running backs? For running backs, it is, it is a little bit different for me. Um, I, I, I'm now, I know Najee's got, you know, he's up there in age, but it's kind of a hypocritical thing to say, but it's, it's one of those where some guys, it doesn't, worry me because they they've shown they can do it Mm -hmm. other guys it does but running backs i do watch it a little bit more i would like to see running backs come in a little bit younger um mainly just because especially if they have a heavy workload right if they've got 200 plus carries every single year they were in college it's kind of like i i want to see some healthy legs at the nfl level so age does play a factor for the running back position but like i said wide receivers it's it's not something I, I worry about too terribly much. So th- there were some running backs that, I mean, Michael Carter got a lot of buzz when he moved that pile. And there were a couple of others that popped during the week of practice and all. Did any of those guys kind of move into that RB top five territory? I don't know. I don't mean, well, I, after the first two, I don't even know what your next, what are you, I mean, what are your top, who are your top five running backs that are coming out right now? So for me, like it's, it's tough because there, there's so many different guys you can put there. I know Javante Williams is a guy that a lot of people have skyrocketed up their rankings. Yeah. But for me, like there's still guys out there like Kenneth Gainwell, Jamar Jefferson, Javion Hawkins, Jarrett, Jarrett Patterson. Um, there's just so many different guys out there. I personally have Gainwell at three. Wow, I just nice. like him a lot. I like him a lot, a lot. Um, Chuba was another guy that people, you know, there he's the RB three. And then he came out this pre this season and did he's one. I think he really hurt his draft stock. We know the talents there. We know he can do it. He does have better speed than what a lot of people think, but he was at one time RB one, two, at least three at worst. But given what he did this year, that just opened the door for so many other people. So it's one of those where I could almost guarantee if you grab 10 people's rankings, I would say at least 70% of them would have a different RB3, if not all of them. So it's not so much that there's just that clear cut RB3. It's it's at that point, who's your favorite guy, right? And for me, it's Gainwell. I know a lot of people, it's Williams. Ricky loves Javion Hawkins. He's another guy. He's small, but he's fast and he's agile and he can make things happen. So the list just goes on at that point. I don't think there's a clear cut RB3 in this class right now. It's basically Etienne and Harris and then everyone else. Right, right, right. Dumbled mess after those two. Yeah, pretty much is. Yep. And I, once we see landing spots, and of course we always say that, well, I need to see landing spot. But currently, as we sit, there's there's no, in my opinion, RB three. And who knows? After the draft, there may still not be. Right? We may not fall in love with any landing spot. So yeah, there are some RB needy teams, so uh-huh. there'll be some opportunity there. Michael Carter 
kind of stole the show a little bit, but he's, I mean, his comp is, is I guess Duke Johnson. You agree with that? So for me, like with the comps, I, I struggle with it to be completely honest with you, unless it's something that just really flies off, you know, in the film or anything. But when, when I saw that, it makes sense. They were both, you know, Duke Johnson's got a little bit of weight on, on what Carter does. Carter's a little bit lighter, but size wise, essentially they're, they're both, you know, relatively in the same, same ballpark. Um, they play the same. I'm a big Michael Carter fan. I've been a Carter fan for a little bit longer than than most, I guess you could say. And then Javante Williams became the popular decision, so a lot of people kind of went that route. And we actually, I don't think, yeah, it hasn't released yet, but spoiler, we recorded basically a Michael Carter versus Javante Williams podcast. So oh, that'll okay. be coming out soon. And it's it's one of those where I'm not sitting here, and I say this on the podcast, but I'm, I'm not sitting here saying that Michael Carter is better and you should take him before Williams. It's just more of a, look at Carter's numbers watch his film like it's closer than what people are saying it is but to the point on the comp like it does make sense like they both can catch the ball they both are physical with running the ball like they can they can make it happen and when you think about it too from a fantasy aspect Duke Johnson was relevant right he right. he was getting you some fantasy points so I think it could happen I like the comp actually but like I said I I struggle with it sometimes um unless it's something that just totally flies out on the film but I like that one to be honest with you, and and it's and, and I've always felt Michael Carter's never gonna be that just RB one. He's gonna get you twenty five points a week. Like he might get you twenty five points, but I, I don't see him being that guy. Um, right. And that's essentially kind of how Duke Johnson was when he had his relevant moments. It was he'll get you some some big plays, but he was never the true on guy. Right. Duke Johnson's best season was the year he caught seventy four balls. That same season, he only had 82 carries. So he had almost as many catches as he did carries. His role was just, I mean, it was enormous in the pass game. I mean, that's kind of where you're looking at a lot of these guys, the Kylan Hills of the world. Are they going to step in and take a strong you know, receiving role where they're going to get you a year or two of RB2 production or whatever? Because you know, I think that's honestly what we're looking for out of that jumble of, of running backs is can somebody secure a role – that's got enough volume to actually be relevant as an RB2 or an RB3 in certain cases. Yeah, and Ky- Kylan Hill was another guy that I, I mean I was so looking forward to seeing him on the on the field this year and the biggest thing for me was when you look at what was it his 2019 film or even his stats you can just look at the numbers like he shows he can run the ball right yeah. he gets the rushing stats. So I was interested and excited to see well let's see what he can do in the passing game because we know with Leach he just throws it 900 times a year. And he did in the, the what, two, I think, maybe three games that, that Hill did play this year before he he opted out. Mm. He had 25 receptions, I believe. He was in the 20s, right? So he showed he can catch it. He showed that it was something he could do. Obviously, I would have loved to see a, a more, you I know, mean, larger sample size from it. But Kylan Hill is definitely a guy that's interesting to keep an eye on. 23 catches in three games. Yeah. That's a lot. That's exactly. a lot. A lot. So it's that's like J.D. McKissick. Uh, a lot right? <laughs> <laughs> so he showed he can he showed he it, it's something that it's in his wheelhouse yeah. it just would have been nice to see a bigger sample size for exactly sure. i think a lot of people were excited because he had already shown he could receive that he could receive the ball of the backfield um but then getting into a mike leach offense every running back in that situation just gets pounded with with targets i mean it's just like making it rain on them. And that's how it was for them you know, to get 23 catches in three games. They're just feeding them. Where unsettled the running back position is, 
the quarterbacks, there's a nice little grouping that's going to be coming out this year. And we have, I guess, this it's like a solid six, right? And then there's like the other guys that kind of played in the game. Do you have it the same way I do with three different tiers of two? Because uh, I've got obviously the top two. Yeah. With, and then I've got, so, you know, Lawrence and Fields. And then to me, it's Lance and Wilson in a tier. And then Trask and Jones in a tier. I actually, Trask is my QB3. Uh-huh. That's your boy. Yeah. I right. love Kyle Trask. Yeah. I, I have the tweet bookmarked on my page. It's pinned. It's the whole thing. January 28th of, what was it, 2020? 19? I don't remember at this point. I have it pinned. He To me, he did what I thought he would do. He was going to make sure. that. At the end of his junior year, it was kind of like, yeah, there's something there. But he's, he's not a guy to really talk much about. But this year, Kyle Trask, I think he made that jump. Now... Is he a top 10 pick? I'm not saying that. You know, I don't think he has the buzz that I'm putting on his name. Overall, I think yours is probably the more accurate. I just have that love for Kyle Trask that I've bumped him up way higher than a lot of people have. Yes, but no. Um, I, I just have Trask. I would put Trask kind of in that tier too. And I'm just not. Lance and Wilson are two guys that I just wanted to see more from as a whole. Um, yeah. I want, and I was excited to Lance this year, especially. Um, what was it? They were going to play Oregon the first game. They didn't play. They, 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 didn't, they didn't get a chance, obviously. Yeah. So it was one of those where I wanted to see him go against that true D1 program and see what he can do. Because his numbers, you can't knock him, right? I mean, what, no interceptions. He can run the ball. He is a baller. But I wanted to see another year of it. And with Wilson, it was kind of the same thing. Like, you look at what he did. It's just one of those where I wanted to see more than just a year of it. So I'm kind of tempering my you know, thoughts and expectations on Lance and, and Wilson. And I'll probably be wrong because I've been wrong before. But for me, I, I just have Trask higher. But overall, there are the six guys, right? There are the six there that most people are talking about at this point. It's just how do you rank them is, is kind of the personal opinion at that point. I have the pin tweet in question here. And you're, mm-hmm. yeah, this is uh, just over a year ago on January 28th, 2020, pre-pandemic. Yep. I'm planting my flag now that Florida QB Kyle Trask takes that leap and becomes one of the top draft draft prospects for the 2021 draft nailed it now did you pin that tweet on january 29th last year or did you maybe do it in november this year <laughs> no i so it definitely wasn't like an immediate pin but it was before the season so i don't remember the exact date i did it but it definitely was yeah it was early on. and trust me and actually, it might have been earlier than I think because if it was post-pandemic. That's a that's a ballsy uh, pin tweet, you know. If it's, yeah. you know, in the middle of the pandemic, you're like, you know, you're gonna yeah. plant your flag on a guy that that was the thing everyone was saying, like, not gonna be any Joe Burrows this year. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it was getting scary there for a minute. Like, where where are these guys gonna come from? So no, it's it's, and it was one of those. So I'll be honest, I don't have that feeling about a quarterback now. Again, I. I said this about Joe Burrow too. Like there was something there. Now did I think he was going to come out and do what he did? Absolutely not. But it was just like, there's just certain guys when you watch their games, you're like, there's something there. He's not quite there yet, but there's just, he, he's close. Right. And that's just how I felt about Trask. It was like, there's just something there. So that's why I said, you know what? I'm either going to be right or I'm going to be wrong. I feel I made the right call on it. Now, obviously, where he gets drafted, we'll see. Again, NFL teams may not think the same way I do, but I think he went out and showed that he can play, right? He, he's, he's got some work. I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't, but I think he went out and showed he can play for sure. Now, there's another guy that you and your partner, Ricky, are really kind of high on, uh, Jamie Newman. 
So how did how did you feel about him this week? And do you think he jumps into that tier of, of six top quarterbacks? Can, can he be the seventh? I think out of everyone else, um, I think he can be. And Ricky's actually the one that, that kind of came around um, much earlier than I did. He sent me a text one day and he was like, hey, I think we, we might be wrong on Newman because he, he's the quarterback guy, so he really digs deep into the quarterbacks. But um, I was like, well, what do you mean? And he goes, he can play, right? He was just watching a lot of his previous game film and stuff. So at the Senior Bowl practice, he had his moments where he looked rusty. I mean, he hasn't been in game speed. And even then at the practice Senior Bowl, it's not game speed per se. For what he's been, he opted out, obviously, so he didn't play any of the games this year. Um, and even if you get a group of guys together for seven-on-seven seven practices or whatever it might be, it's still a little different because you're not getting these NFL prospect level guys together. So, but I think Newman, I think he definitely helped himself. He did have some plays where, I mean, he threw, I think like two picks on, on some of the 11 on 11 drills. Like he did have some moments where he looked like he hadn't been, you know, in, in the game speed of things. But sure. I think he, of all guys um, will be that one. There's been talks about him for, for a while, you know, his, his level of, draftability i guess you could right. call it that's a word um yeah. i definitely think of of all guys he's the one that's gonna fall i don't think he makes it into that six but i do think he's that seventh guy for sure so out of that six mac jones he had a lot of buzz he it's funny actually i predicted and this is one of my wrong moments i predicted that he was not going to be the starter come week two of the season <laughs> here we are right here we are. <laughs> um, not a, not a pin tweet not a pen tweet, no. <laughs> Luckily, I said it on a podcast, so if people don't go back and listen, I could just say, oh, oh I, I never said that. But no. Um, yeah, exactly. So no, I've, I've definitely um, realized I was wrong. He is currently my QB5, but I will be updating my rankings, and I will be moving him up Ooh. So to where we'll be determined later. Oh, it won't be. It won't be that. I still love Kyle Trask. into the Debbie Delight. Find out where Matt Jones but um, place and it stoops his top five. <laughs> but he's definitely one that has shown he can play. Right? He's he's gone out now. It obviously helps when you have the talent that he has. But at the same time, you can't knock a guy for that because he went out and did what he should do. So it's one of those where he absolutely showed his talent. I think he looked great this week again. Had some moments where it's rusty. But one thing I did learn, and last year was my first year at the Senior Bowl, and you kind of go out and expect, man, these guys got to look crisp. They got to look spot on. But you also have to remember, these guys haven't played with each other ever. This right. is literally their first time to play, and they have three days to figure it out. Taking so, direction from all different new people. Exactly. And, yeah. you're, you're learning new plays. You're learning probably new routes, to be honest with you. And then just speeds, the timing, everything's off. So for, for all of that to be taken into consideration, I thought Mac Jones um, looked really good. He was actually, um, when we talked about it, he was the quarterback that looked the best to me out of all the quarterbacks there. I thought he was the best looking one. So I think he definitely helped himself and solidified you know, that, that thought of him being one of uh, the first quarterbacks taken. Now I understand the NFL likes their mobile quarterbacks and he's not necessarily the most mobile, but he is mobile enough. So I think that'll help, but I don't think he'll be, he definitely won't be one in th that goes in like the top 10. I don't think I could see him sneaking into like the bottom of the first. I think it's one of those where a team trades in or potentially just one of the teams at the bottom takes him, but I think someone could trade in and take him because they love their fifth year options, right? They love the fifth year option on the quarterbacks. And generally, 
a lot of times you don't find so many teams in the back of the first round needing quarterbacks. Yeah. But, I mean, if you look at the list this year, the Saints obviously at 28 could be in the market for a quarterback. Uh, the Steelers at 24. The Colts at 21. The Bears at 20. Washington football team at 19. It's like Mac Jones met with the Texans, the Saints, and the Patriots. Word on the street is the Texans are going to need a quarterback. So that's one of, you know. You think? And the Saints might need one too. And the Pats. They've got a tight end. So they're good. <laughs> They've got the three teams that don't really have a quarterback or a shit one. <laughs> I would honestly, I would hate to see him in Houston and the Texans. I, I would, any, honestly, any of these quarterbacks, like I just think they're, and I know it's different, you know, leadership now, different stuff's happening, but I just, I don't know. I just got a bitter taste in my mouth. I just now Deshaun, if Deshaun Watson's there and he actually plays, that's a whole different story because I think he can just create for himself. But if right. like Mac Jones or whoever else goes there, I think it's going to be tough. It's a poor fit with that offensive line. That's yeah. for sure. out of the big six. How many sneak into the first round of a of a twelve team superflex? Um, ooh, baby. Man. Um, I would say. I would say four. I would feel confident saying oh, four. Nice. Um, potentially five. And that's just dependent on team needs. Stoops is saying is potentially five if he has the 112 and Trask is still on the board. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> now I've got basically I have it. I've got I, Lawrence and Fields, obviously. Clearly. I think lance and wilson will go in the first round as well they might be the two or they will be that go later and i again jones is kind of that i I, if jones were to get drafted by the saints i think that would push him into the first round maybe he might be the third quarterback to go i mean you look at the targets he has right so he might make that leap and be the third quarterback but i would be confident to say four And even if Jones is that fourth, and let's just say Wilson jumps out, I think Trey Lance is going to be a guy a lot of people take. I think his hype is going to start to boost back up. It's died down a little bit, but I think it's going to skyrocket again. He's going to come around. But I would say confidently four, potentially five in the first round. Ooh, baby. Let's push those guys down. Holy shit, man. You running backs guy, wide receiver guy, or quarterbacks guy? What I've noticed is when I first got into Dynasty, I'm only about, I guess this will be like my fourth year playing right. dynasty so i'm new ish but not really new yeah. i was i went wide receiver heavy every team i had because i was like well they're gonna have the longest shelf life <laughs> which is true but then i realized i have no running backs <laughs> so i've kind of turned my you know um view on things a little bit so it's kind of a 50 50 thing and a lot of it does come down to team um needs i would say early in a draft i'm going running back over receiver because receivers are so deep that I'm going to take quarterbacks and running backs early in the first round for sure. Like I actually have the 104 in Trade Addicts 3 and not to spoil anything. These guys are smart anyway. They'll figure it out. Assuming certain running backs are there, that's my plan, right? Um, Because I would have to assume obviously Lawrence and Fields will be gone by that fourth pick. And then it essentially comes down to who's there, Etienne or Harris. right? One of those two will be there and – to be completely honest with you, that's I'm hoping I'm gonna spoil. I'm hoping ETN. We'll see. Sierra I'm okay e- with it. I love Harris, but ETN's my. I love ETN's my guy. So um, Trade X three. Hey, now you know. <laughs> <laughs> you have a pretty good shot at ETN at the four. I think so. has kind of become the consensus top position mm-hmm. player, you know, in the community. Yeah, and then I also have the 109. So at that point, I can address. 
which I do need receiver help, but I need running back help way more. Way you, more. You, you got Trask will be sitting there staring at you. I'm actually so I'm actually okay at quarterback. So I and I have a, I think I have a second round too. So hopefully he'll. You've yeah. got two oh four. If if yours was the fourth pick, so you have the two oh four. I think you might have a shot at Trask at, at the two oh four anyway. John Hogue, who was on last week, the Superflex dude. Mm-hmm. I figured I'd ask him that if you had the first three picks, how what would you do in a Superflex? He said he'd definitely take Lawrence, and then trading out of it would be the easiest answer to that. But he said I'd probably go quarterback. One, I'd take Lawrence just because he's Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Why not? And it's going to be the cheapest you'll ever get him. So Right. And then he said he'd go running back, running back. He goes, I would probably have four or five quarterbacks already on my team. So he goes, he definitely would. Pre- the pressing need, he said, I, I'll just top off my load up on, on some of those power players there with the, at the running back position. Well, and it's it's one of those things, too, where that's the route I would go. As well. I mean, Lawrence, to, it's like, I don't know. To me, it's the no-brainer 101. Yeah. Others may feel differently, but I think Lawrence for sure. But then I personally would go ETN and Harris in whatever order. At that point, it doesn't matter. And then if someone comes to you and says, hey, I want Harris, this is what I'm going to offer, and it's a deal you can't pass up, then there you go. If not, right. then you've got Lawrence, ETN, and Harris. And then you could roll the dice on one of these other this, – this grouping of running backs, the second tier that's mm-hmm. all jumbled together. You roll the dice on one of those guys. And who knows? One of those guys might just end up – creeping into the into the first round with pro days and all that stuff and landing spot the falcons need a running back the jets don't have one i mean there's so many free agents you're not confident in michael p ryan (laughs) (laughs) i lean on an insight from scott connor p ryan was a florida guy scott said it exactly you know perfectly when you faced up against p ryan it's not like you were worried about that guy as a georgia fan i I never even thought twice about I think one will for sure. I wouldn't be shocked if both do. Both, yeah. I, I definitely think one of them. And if I'm being honest, I think it's going to be Harris. He's just the, to me, he, he's, I mean, it's it's kind of an easy comp, but he's the next Derrick Henry, in my yeah. opinion. Except Fast. he can catch the ball. Oh, wow. He can definitely catch the ball. I mean, sure. he's a much more well, well-rounded player than Henry was. Henry may be the more dynamic runner as a whole to be able to do the other aspects of the game. I mean, Harris is a really good receiver. Mm-hmm. Some of those catches, he had one catch during the uh, national championship game. I mean, he was down the left sideline. He had to reach back and grab it. And it was impressive. To get What's to so crazy to me is you expect like a wide receiver to go out there, make adjustments, you know, do whatever. When you've got a running back that could go out, run around, whatever, and he's able to go up, adjust, like, like you said, there's just certain catches he makes, yeah. and especially at his size, right, that you're just like, he shouldn't be able to make that catch. And he just makes him look easy. It's going to be fun seeing ETN break through a hole, though, because, yeah. man, when he gets moving, he is he goes you know zero to 60 quicker than anybody else, any other running back out there. And that's that's why, for me, I have ETN at one, but I, and I've Harris at two, but it's, it's like a 1A, 1B kind of thing. Sure. It's just one of those where ETN, he came out years ago um, and said, hey, I'm not comfortable catching the ball. I want to work on it, whatever it might be. And ever since he said that, he's been catching 40-plus balls a year right. and getting like 500-plus receiving yards. Like he's Now, obviously, being on Clemson, that, that helps. I mean, you've, again, loaded with talent, so people are distracted elsewhere for coverages. But the speed, I, I think that's so – it's like they're, Najee and ETN are the same but totally different. 
right? They can both catch the ball really, really well. Harris is going to just run you over. Etienne's going to juke you and run past you at full speed. So they've got different playing styles, but I think they're both going to be phenomenal talents for for years yeah. to come. Let's get into some trades, man. You mentioned the trade addicts, so might as well talk about a trade. We're on a good run, man. We've had some trades every week, right, Justin? Yeah, we've been doing good. So this one was made in the Dynasty Diagnostic Champions League, four copy league, 48 teams, four 12-man rosters. Sure. <laughs> I, I never get the cop. I can never explain the copy league correctly. It's four 12-team divisions, four copies of each player, 48 teams total. I feel Go like ahead. you should mention what a copy league is. because who- Each of those divisions drafts a copy of each player. So there are four different copies of each player in the league. They can be traded within division. So like I played against a guy who had uh, A.J. Brown and I had A.J. Brown. It nullified the two, et cetera. But yes, so you can play against players that you actually own. I think that's the gist of it, Larry. Four team or four divisions of 12. Right. Four copies. So I was trying to get my hands on C.D. Lamb, which is a tall order, but I, so I had Antonio Gibson. So I figured if I added a little bit to Gibson, I can get my hands on Lamb. So the beauty of the copy league is I just targeted all of the Lamb owners and I sent them the same deal. One guy accepted it. Gibson, Antonio Brown, and the 2-7 right around the top 20 pick for C.D. Lamb. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I'm a big C.D. Lamb fan. Big CD Lamb fan. I, yeah, I like it. I'll be honest. And I'm a big Gibson fan too. I, I traded for him in my home league and he helped me get to the championship run. And I actually ended up winning the championship, not because of him per se, but right. nonetheless, I'm a big Gibson fan. I think the fact that you're able to get rid of Antonio Brown is big. CD Lamb's going to be a stud for for years to come. I really hope that they pay Dak. I, I hope the Cowboys do that and. Because it just seemed like they were building that connection, and I think mm. that's what that's going to be huge. But I'm a huge CD Lamb fan. I would 100% Gibson, Antonio Brown at 207 to get CD Lamb. I would 100% send that and feel comfortable mm. doing it. Justin, I'm all over CD Lamb in that. Yeah. Brown is kind of a throw-in to me at his age. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so it's Gibson and the 207. Now whatever. I, I'll well, here's it. the here's the kicker in this league. It's a start one running back. So I have Josh Jacobs and Dobbins. As like, oh, then yeah. So I was like, Gibson's expendable. He's his values are up there right now. Let me see if I can kind of you know work my way into padding my wide receiver position with potential studs. Stoops, how many leagues are you in? Are you are you predominantly dynasty redraft, Devi? Like, how how do you roll? So definitely Devi, and so dynasty and Devi and all that. Once I got into dynasty, like to me, redraft wasn't as fun. I will do a redraft league if the right people ask. Um, like Ricky was like, "Hey, we're putting a um, you know a redraft league for the network. Like, join it." Now, at that point, I'm like, "All right, you know what? I'll join that one." <laughs> yeah. But no, overall, so I'm actually going to be dropping. Actually, I've already kind of dropped a, a few leagues. What I noticed is I love to draft. So I need to get into the mocks and I'm not one to just draft and leave like, but it's one of those where I get overwhelmed at times. And this year was just a weird year, obviously with everything going on, like my work, we, we were never closed, but we shut down, but we got super busy because online orders, so on and so forth. So it was just kind of like dealing with all of that stuff. Even after the fact I was in probably, and it sounds like a small number, but 12 leagues altogether. I know guys that are in like 60 and I'm like, first of all, first of all, how they don't know either. Yeah. Trust me. But my sweet spot is like four to six. 
That's my right. sweet spot where I feel comfortable. I know I'm not missing, you know, any waivers. Like I can make, I can make the time for that. You got to get into those fantasy cares eliminators, man. Best ball. I, I actually did one, not this past year, but the year before. And I actually made it to the very end. So I essentially finished in second place. I was bummed. I was so <laughs> close. I, I got third in hours. And I mean, I was skating by like mm-hmm. every week. I was one of the bottom teams, but it didn't matter because I wasn't the bottom team. All exactly. the way the I was in 12 of them. The drafts were all happening and all like they were just like, whoosh, like I was dra- I was like getting up for a piss and making my pick in the middle of the night. You know, I was like and anyway. right around July 4th. So he's hammered. And- <laughs> <laughs> was great, man. It was it was oh man. I highly recommend the fantasy cares eliminators. John Bosch, uh, the hot sauce pod had an eliminator. So good times. That was the one Justin almost came out on top. Almost doesn't count. All right. So let me get the gist of these trades real quick. I'm actually going to lay it out one by one. And then uh, you'll see what the hell happened and how they traded stuff back and forth. Okay. So on January 26th, Dante's Inferno traded Kirk Cousins and Mike Evans for Sam Darnold, Jimmy Garoppolo, and the 302 or 303. I think it's the 303, something like that doesn't matter it's an auction so Kirk Cousins and Mike Evans for Sam Darnold Jimmy G and uh, early third now this is a 14 team super flex keep that in mind that same day about let's see 38 minutes later they traded Dante traded Sterling Shepard for Van Jefferson Mm. okay so whatever that move is not a big deal and then on the 29th, four days later or three days later, I guess, Dante's Inferno trades Jimmy Garoppolo and that 302 or whatever it is back to Kaboom for Jared Goff. So the net of this is Jared Goff, Sam Darnold, and Van Jefferson or Kirk Cousins, Mike Evans, and Sterling Shepard. Hmm. What, what was the first side again? Jared Goff, Sam Darnold, Van Jefferson. Hmm. You like Van Jefferson? Stoops, I do actually. I I think he. Well, now we'll we'll see what's going on over there now. But I, I think he's going to find a role there. Um, I was a fan of him coming out. Now again, I did not think he was going to be a year one, get out there, get a bunch of stats kind of guy. But um, I am a fan of Van Jefferson. I like him. Now you think now that uh, rumors of swirling, they're letting Josh Reynolds leave via free agency. You think he steps into that? That's. Or- that's basically my was my thought process on it. I, I felt that he was going to kind of fill in that that role there, and and being an AM guy, I'm a, I'm a Josh Reynolds fan, so I hope yeah. he finds another team, and I think he will. But yes, to answer the ultimate question, I think Jefferson, uh, you know, fills into that role for sure. I mean, I don't know. I, I so Jefferson will be catching passes from Stafford. Goff's in Detroit, and Sam's up in the air yeah. versus Cousins. And what cousins and Evans? Evans and Sterling Shepard. Okay, I don't know. Jimmy I, I, got traded back and forth, and so did the okay, three so Like, got I don't know, man. I'm well. I mean, I, I have a Sam Darnold fathead behind me on the wall, <laughs> so I'll just go that side with hope, hoping that Van Jefferson slides into that third third wide receiver position, and then you got Jared Goff, that's going to be a starting quarterback yeah. for the. I mean, this year at least. I think. I think the fact that you said it was what fourteen team, right? And Superflex? That's correct. Yeah, 14 teams. Super I, I think you've, based on that, and I like golf and I like Darnold, obviously, assuming he, he just, there's just certain games where he just showed his toughness, right? And he, he, 
it's like people people just keep doubting him and doubting him and doubting him. I don't know. I'm a Darnold fan, but anyway, yeah. I, I just think based on that super flex aspect and the amount of teams in it, I think you've got to go with the two starting quarterbacks and then you take that chance on Jefferson. Um, you know, and I, Mike Evans is obviously phenomenal, right? He's he's a top right. guy. Um, Cousins is another guy that what I noticed. So again, in my home league, one of the other top teams in that league, he's got cousins. He'd get him like 30 points, 30 points. And then he would get him like 11 points, right. eight points, 30 points. So, and I'm not saying golf or Darnold were any different than that, but they're young. I, I just, I'm going with that side, the golf Darnold side, just for the simple fact that's 14 team and super flex. I, I just, I would like to have quarterbacks because I've been in super flex leagues. Yeah, where I have one or no quarterbacks, and it's it's rough. It's brutal. Yep, it's rough. Fourteen teams. Yeah, you need you need as many quarterbacks as yeah. you can get your hands on, and they're going to be starting. And I mean, Darnold's going to be starting somewhere. Uh-huh. I want to talk about Tylen Wallace for a second. Where are you at on Tylen Wallace? Because I, I mean, the only reason I know who Tylen Wallace is is because I traded him and Dalvin Cook for Juju Smith-Schuster like a year ago, not knowing what the hell I was doing. I love Tylen Wallace. <laughs> I'm I'm a I'm a really big fan. I mean, I've got him currently again, my rankings will be adjusted, but I'm currently I've got him sitting at the wide receiver 9 spot. So he's not one of my top top guys. Yes. But I'm a big fan. He's he's a physical guy. He's great in the red zone. Um he's got he's sure-handed. I just I'm a big fan. It was just that that offense this year didn't didn't really do anybody any good, honestly. Right. Yeah. For that blunder, I will I will own him all over the place now, just based on the fact that I had had him and let him slip away, just because yeah. I was fucking around one night making <laughs> trades I didn't know I had no business making. <laughs> no, I'm a fan for sure. So that loose agenda, whatever you want to call it, uh-huh. it felt so long. Shit, Stoops was so good at talking about these guys that went by so fast. We just banged them out, man. You know, it's not often we find somebody that likes the boys a little younger than us. Yeah, that's right. We are ageists. Here on the hot sauce pod, Demetrius <laughs> Felton. So, Demetrius <laughs> Felton. Again. <laughs> just look at him. Look, I listened to a handful of podcasts today, shoveling snow. So, wait, see so. what you're saying is you were listening to one podcast that said Antonio Gibson. One said Felton. He said, <laughs> you don't think you hurt each other. You just, you just meshed it together. It was something. I, I don't know. No. I'm going to go back and track This, this is why back. Larry looks back at his Debbie trades and he's like, wow. <laughs> I don't do that. No, man. I reach out to. I'll reach. Now, now that Stoops is on, he's going to be getting some DMs from me, man. Hey, man. Hey, what do you think about this? I'll shoot like Scott Connor a message or Kane Fossil. I'll be like, Yo, dude, what the hell's going on here? They'll shoot it straight. Kane's hilarious. We're in the pinnacle of uh, pinnacle of Devi. It's this massive like um we've already drafted 1200 devy guys we're in the middle we're starting our next 25 round of devy it's stupid in his comments it's always like i have no idea who this is but i love his name yeah. <laughs> and i've done the same thing too i mean it hits a point where it's just like all right i'm drafting a high school guy that's ranked 117th in his class he's the 42nd receiver you know whatever and his name is something and you're like that's a cool name i'm i'm gonna draft you and hope you work out we were ragging on him like like he was scouting these kids like he had like a trench coat on like shane's out here shane's out here drafting freaking seventh graders and (laughs) and it's kind of the running joke in the thing it's like oh who did you notice today oh well i was walking by the park and i saw this kid he was throwing football (laughs) it's fun it's an awesome it's it's 
it's super in depth and it, it, you know, we're in there with Travis. There's just so many guys in that league that, that really know when Travis starts talking about his charts and this, that, and I'm like, ah, you lost. He's given us so many charts. It's awesome, but it's a fun league. But the, the chat is honestly, the chat is probably the best part of it all. So Chris Stoops, where can we find you at, man? The host of the Debbie delight. Where do we find you on Twitter? Uh, at Stoops1990 on Twitter. Nice. And you and we had your partner on a few uh, few weeks back. It's funny. We had Ricky Valero, and you can catch him at Ricky Valero underscore. Uh, we had him the night of the national championship game. Yep. So, boom, we have you the day after, you know, right after the senior bowl. Like, this is it's like perfect. We have the Debbie Delight guys at the perfect, uh, perfect time. What we're here for. Justin, what do you got, baby? You got anything before we wrap things up? Nope. I got nothing, man. Oh. Yeah, I'm gonna go run. What are you gonna run from? What are you running from, though? Oh man, this my shadow. <laughs> that's the only time I run. It's quick. It's quick. It's a quick shadow. Yeah, run DFF, run. baby. Run DFF. I got, I got my first race coming up on Saturday. I decided to do a little 5K. Well, there won't be anybody in front of me. So. Oh, <laughs> this guy. I almost, almost guarantee on this. The marathon, there will be someone in front of yeah, me. Yeah, the Kenyans don't do 5Ks, right? Well, they're not running this little 5K in this town, so yeah. I'll be safe. I'm pretty. I'm pretty certain I'll be. Uh, yeah, by myself after about a mile. All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's do this, baby. Here we go. Here we go. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Hot Sauce Podcast. Oh,